Hello and welcome to Why We Care, the nursing career podcast from the people of Signet Healthcare. I'm Rowan Marriott, Head of Resourcing here at Signet, and I wanted to welcome you to Season 1. In this episode, Tom, Claire and Dean are nurses here at Signet Healthcare. They're good friends and colleagues who have extensive experience between them. They talk about their journey and share advice about how you can care for your career. Twenty twenty is the year of the nurse and midwife, and there's been lots of talk about the amazing job that nurses do, and that's entirely deserved and very welcome. But there's a question today about how do nurses care for their career when their job is caring for others? And to help answer that question today, I'm joined by two friends of mine, Tom and Claire. Tom, we're gonna to start with you today. Welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. And so you're a mental health nurse. Yeah, that's correct. And when did you study nursing <laughs> yeah, you're asking me to do maths at lunchtime i know and i, I, I knew see i knew that when when we were in the green room yeah. otherwise known as a spare office that we cohabited earlier i knew that it would be the the big question that everyone would want to know and i thought he's never going to know the answer to this <laughs> i thought it would be much easier to ask him for the evidence base or the biological basis of mental health nursing than to explain when you'd actually studied nursing. Now, I think I, and maybe Claire can help, I think I know the answer to this, Claire. I think Tom became a registered mental health nurse in 2011. Correct. So it's 2011, and you've taken the plunge to become a mental health nurse. (laughs) Despite not knowing what year it was. Yeah. Or what I was studying. It looks, yeah, it looks like a decision <laughs> yeah. you regret today as I see you in these headphones and in front of a microphone. But before that, let's go back. So I know we first met when neither of us were nurses. Can you just talk to me a little bit about what brought you into healthcare? Yeah, so definitely not by design. <laughs> I fell into it after a gap year. One of, uh, one of my friends who used to play ice hockey with worked as a support worker at Sherwood House. So when we got back um, from our travels, that was kind of the first stop to get some money in my pocket. So then after being there for about three months, which is where I met obviously yourself and Claire, mm-hmm. then I saw kind of what Claire was doing for a job and thought that's something that I'd definitely like to do. It, it was kind of putting the nurses on pedestals was kind of the way I looked at it when I was a support worker. It was something that seemed like quite a reach at the mm-hmm. time. So Like a role that you looked up to and then yeah. a, a career path that was aspirational. Yeah. So that, that's quite a nice segue. So I'll come over to Claire. Thank you for joining the podcast. You're welcome. I won't ask when you became a nurse because that seems to throw up problems. But I, 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 I know that the long answer ago, to that. It almost seems like you're trying to say it's that long ago. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, this will be one of those times where uh, we have to edit that out. No, no, of course not. What? So do you remember, I mean, before I ask you what brought you into healthcare, do you remember first meeting Tom and I as, what would we describe? Rebellious support workers I that think must that's be probably stressful. forever etched on my brain to be honest I won't forget those times because you'd you joined Sherwood House about the same time I did 2007 okay and so you're a newly qualified nurse at that point yep pin freshly minted walking the wards caring for 30 men with mental health absolutely okay and then we rock up out of nowhere and you've got to somehow... That made it 32, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's going to be that kind of podcast. Good, fine, no problem. So, so, but seriously though, what did bring you into healthcare? 
I'd been in healthcare previous to that, so I'd been a support worker um, and worked on mental health wards um, and as a bank worker previous. Um, so yeah, it was always going to be my pathway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I trained back in 2004. Yeah, which is not that long, actually. No. Considering all you've achieved, that's not long at all. So I guess, so did you know when you were first in healthcare that nursing was the route you were going to go down? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think at the time it didn't feel very achievable, although I had I'd got GCSEs and A-levels. Um, I wasn't thinking about studying at that point. I was thinking, as people do, about getting some money in my pocket and mm. sort of starting um, some sort of road to um, employment. I wasn't sure what that looked like, though. Um, but again, I think I was inspired by the nurses on the wards that I worked with. It always seemed like something um, I'd like to do. And then, yeah, I set off on my training and I guess mm. the rest is history. So, because obviously some of your career, I've been lucky to be around and, and to watch and be a you part of. You have been sort of in the background of a fair amount of it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take all of the credit, all the credit, none of the blame, though, if that's all right. That's Thank fine. you for the purpose of this podcast. It wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose you're slightly different to Tom and I in the sense that I guess we ended up in healthcare accidentally. And at the point where we were support workers, healthcare assistants, nursing probably wasn't we didn't enter healthcare thinking of becoming nurses did we yeah i think it was furthest from my mind i mean i had uh, well nottingham not nottingham nottingham trent university was my first start doing business studies degree Mm -hmm. so becoming a nurse was absolutely nowhere near on my radar it was something that has been great as a nurse to have in the background and has helped as i've become a manager um multiple service lines but was definitely not something that ever crossed your mind as you <laughs> can't speak <laughs> no I th- and, and I, I was the same so I come from a non-healthcare related undergraduate degree um, and actually I think it was what we saw when we were together clearing you were a part of that nursing team and there's a, a, a manager that we still know today he's no longer a manager but he was the manager there I think he was someone that we probably looked up to and I think he, he had quite a impactful way of leading and managing us that, that drew us into nursing and I think when when you look back at some of the colleagues we've had you know the good the bad the indifferent um the good ones stand out and make you think oh yeah this this and I Tom and I were definitely you know we looked towards you and, and, and other elements of the nursing team and it completely changed our career and professional lives really didn't it in that sense mm-hmm. so Tom you, you, you've mentioned briefly about your your current role can, can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so I'm currently hospital director at Signet Hospital Sheffield that's got three CAM service lines and one adult service line I've been there since September 2019 so prior to that, I was at Aspen Clinic, which is female PD, and I've also been manager at one of our sites that's neuropsychiatry in Mansfield. Hi, it's Gilbert. I'm a nurse associate and I'm in my second year of training. Welcome to Why We Care, the nursing care podcast from Aslot at Signet Healthcare. You've achieved quite a lot there and being successful um in a relatively short space of time what are the things that have helped you you know in terms of building your career and and your capabilities what are the things you've done i think not shying away from 
opportunities and challenges that have presented themselves. I think since I qualified as a nurse, I was kind of used to, to go into the services that needed a bit of support, a bit of role model learn, a bit of leadership. Um, anytime those opportunities presented themselves, then I was always the first to put my hand up and volunteer to go or or be volunteered mm. without even putting my hand up. I, th- I think the, special uh, shout out to Ricky Holland there for yeah, that one. Yeah, I, th- I think, and Claire might um, correct me when I use these uh, corporate words. I think the correct phrase these days is voluntold. <laughs> voluntold. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, that that's. I mean, that suited how I wanted to operate as a nurse anyway, because it was like it was experienced by by doing so. Um, and, and, that's and that was that, even criticised along the way, wasn't it? Which yeah, was yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's worked really well for Tom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's working across regions is also something that's really helped me. So I worked within within the East Midlands. I've worked um, a couple of sites in the West Midlands. Um, like when I've been having to cover nurses' shifts just like mm. at last minute. And most recently in, in South Yorkshire. Yeah. So just gives you a bit of experience different ways of working different service lines you're meeting a lot of different people you're establishing links that help now as Mm. as during a management role so yeah and I I think nursing is one of those professions that really does value transferable skills Mm. and it's really easy to sit in your comfort zone isn't it and I think we've all probably experienced that at some point in our careers where we know the service really well we know the hospital layout we know our roles really well and actually just pushing ourselves and and sort of using those transferable skills is really important Mm. Um, I think like Tom I've worked across a lot of the service lines so male mental health um, ABI um, learning disability and I've, I've loved all of them equally but for different reasons mm. so I think it's really important we transfer those skills so coming over to you then Claire and looking at you know your career and I know that you're not someone that or actually I know from your style as a nurse you put the needs of your patients and your staff team way 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 ahead of your needs um, and that's just how you are and I think your success and, and you've been incredibly successful and I know we're going to talk about today one of the things you hate talking about but I would be remiss not to mention it, is that your last hospital that you managed, Sherwood Lodge, you managed to improve the CQC rating from overall outstanding in two areas to CQC rated outstanding in all five key lines of inquiries, which puts you into the upper echelon of upper echelons of registered (laughs) managers within England. So... And I don't buy into this idea that you will sell on this podcast which is, all oh, my success is accidental, Dean. Um, it, no, I've, I've, it's I've, not that I don't like talking about it either. I'm just incredibly proud of it, but I don't think it was just my, um, it, it wasn't just me, it was a team effort. So how do you get your team then to follow your leadership style? Oh, see, I knew you was going to throw one of these in somewhere. I guess, I guess my style is a little bit sort of hands-on still, um, and still showing the staff that I will do what's needed to be done um, alongside them and work alongside them. I like to know what all the staff are doing. I like to know what all the patients are doing. And I guess that's not everybody's management style, but it is mine. Um, and it's always worked for me. So so with that, that obviously means you're busy and there mm. are never enough hours in the day anyway. And I also know you're incredibly busy outside of work. So how do you take time to make sure that you're looking after your career in the same way that you're looking after other people's friends and family another difficult one i guess everybody's work-life balance is important um good time management working when you're at work and and having the downtime when you're at home and not kind of crossing the two over is really important 
Um, and you can, you, with good time management, you can do that. I think it's achievable. I, we, I certainly don't find a, a massive problem between my work-life balance. I think I'm quite... No. We're on the money with it. No, and I, and I think you're incredibly representative of many registered nurses. You know, um, in my role, I'm really fortunate um, as a regional director of nursing to meet you know, registered nurses from, from all the different parts of the organisation and also all the other different parts of healthcare across the country. And what I would say is that the majority of nurses are very much like you. They don't formally think of themselves in that abstract manner. They will go above and beyond every day for their colleagues, their patients. Um, and, of course, that's a cornerstone of our profession. But when you ask them, oh, well, well, what formally do you do to look after yourself? Many of them give an answer similar to you. And, and I think that's fine. So you didn't like my answer. No, no, no. Far from <laughs> it, actually. I think I think it highlights the great value in nursing in the sense that we are altruistic because we have to be the role demands it so even if you're not that by default within your personality style the the job role the responsibility the the what society needs from nursing demands it anyway and i think the the great privilege that i have is that i get to worry about that stuff for nurses so one of the best parts of my job is that whilst you guys are out there, you know, my patch, I have probably about 400 registered nurses and about another 600 healthcare support workers. While you guys are out there, you know, worrying about your staff teams, your patients, I get to worry about you guys and your career and your development. And yes, that means it always starts with the question of, so when was the last time you did a SWOT analysis? And what are your long, short and medium term career goals? But actually, I say that tongue-in-cheek because what I have to do is make sure that the organisations and the systems that we work in are fit for 21st century nursing. Purely, So in, in some ways, it's, you know, it, it's always good to hear from people that say, oh, you know, I don't really spend much time thinking of that because it means that I should spend more time doing that. I, absolutely, and I need a dean in my life. You, you can have that role and you can help me with that because it is not something. I'm, I'm glad we've got this recorded now for everyone. <laughs> that, I think that's a massive um, acknowledgement. And I think and, and the country needs more Claire's and more Tom's. Um, we've obviously seen a worldwide shortage of, of nursing. Um, and I think, you know, we are in challenging times. Okay, let's have a look now. Let's have a think. We've, we've made some references here to people that we've worked with that have had inspirational journeys. And I think nursing is an is a entirely human-based... Um, i trying to think, what's the word I'll be looking for, Tom? I'm looking at you. You're looking back at me and you're like, I have no idea... <laughs> I don't want to be in that head, Dean. <laughs> well, I'm thinking that, that we, our, our sort of, our product, if you like, the thing that nursing's obsessed yeah. with is other people and the wellness of people mm-hmm. and preventing harm and encouraging comfort and offering great customer service. But we don't create anything outside. I guess we, we make do with, with the people as we find them in, in, in any way that we find them. So it's inevitable that we're going to find and work with people that inspire us. I mean, I can think of, of, of many, but I don't know if there's any that we could think of at the top of our head 
Maybe not. Jonathan, we'll edit that bit out. <laughs> Let, we'll move on to... So we've got quite a bit to edit, to be fair. Oh, no. I think this is gold. <laughs> right, Tom, we're going to come back to you. Okay. So this is about... Hopefully there's going to be many junior nurses listen to this or people that think, yeah, I, I, I want... I, I recognise that I'm, I'm a lot like Claire. I'm a lot like Tom. I, I haven't spent an astronomical amount of time worrying about you know my career my development my need because i'm busy doing nights and running difficult wards in difficult services yeah. but actually i i do need to spend a bit i do need to prioritize i need to look after myself so i can look after other people for the next 25 30 40 years so with that that in mind what advice would you give those nurses out there listening i mean what i have a lot when i'm I get newly qualified nurses in is that they're worried about and they're very anxious about what their responsibilities and accountability is as a qualified nurse on the wards. Like, what is our expectations? What support are we going to give them? When really what they need to do is jump in with both feet. Because a lot, like I've said earlier, a lot of the learning that is available is learning through opportunity. And the support should be standard, whether you work for us, whether you work in the NHS, whether you work for other private companies. The, the support should just be a byproduct of what you're actually doing. Mm. Um, so I think the biggest advice I would, would give is take, a, take an opportunity, take a challenge. If someone's offering you things that, um, as a preceptor in a service line that you're unfamiliar with or in a hospital that's got multiple service lines and, and part of the questions that you've got as a preceptor nurse is, are you willing to work across service lines? And, and you're thinking, oh, I don't know, because I'm not really experienced with that. I've not got any any direct kind of, I've never done a placement on that, or I've not worked as a support worker in that. Do it anyway, mm. because then you know what you want to go into. You've got some experience as a junior member of staff where you know you're going to get fully supported. So, so jump in with both feet, take a challenge, take an opportunity, and work outside your comfort zone. But yeah. you can follow your interest in that way, can't you? Absolutely. Then? So then if there's something that truly inspires you or something yeah. that just takes hold. I did a whole dissertation around a acquired brain injury service that I wasn't expecting to do. It was just a, it was just good timing. But actually what it led me to do was read lots of literature mm. around ABI yeah. and probably improve my skills there as a clinician yeah. um, as well as being the manager at the same yeah. time. So I think then you can find your opportunities for further training. Mm. Is yep. there something I want to get into a bit further? Do I want to know more about something? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's getting yourself out of your comfort zone, isn't it? I think, I think a big what, sorry, I think what you find as well is there's a lot of white, no, white noise about certain service lines like female personality disorder, eating disorder, CAMS. Like they're some of the most challenging roles, if you like, that I've worked in, but by far the most enjoyable mm. roles that I've worked in because you work with some very inspirational people, you work with some very challenging patients, um, service users, young people that that you see massive turnarounds in and getting them back into the community. It's some of, some of the greatest success stories that I've seen at working within those service lines. And, and the training and development that's available for those nurses far outweighs what you get if you are just doing your kind of any, anything that is in your comfort zone. Because yep. then you don't push yourself, you don't challenge yourself to do yep. anything other than what you know is the norm. Yeah, well, we... Um back in the green room earlier we we both said didn't we that yeah. there was no growth in the comfort zone absolutely and i think in nursing that's entirely true yeah um i think it's true in in all careers and all yeah. you know pathways but yeah the great thing with nursing if, if you're not experienced get experience 
yeah. you know you can actually just there are, there are opportunities out there yeah. um, in all service lines in almost all geographical areas the, the, the privilege that nursing has is that society is asking for more and more of us in terms of numbers and capabilities and performance all the time so the opportunity for professional and societal growth is, is huge and I think you know when I think about nursing that's that's a real privilege that society values us you know so highly and we've seen this year with everything that's gone on with the pandemic that you know being a nurse is is truly cherished and valued it's a superpower now and we're mm. recognizing that this year aren't mm. we which has been it's been lovely to see um on social media and things that people are actually recognizing that now that the nurses are superheroes yeah. absolutely and it's yeah. it's our time so yeah yeah no it's excellent any any extra bits of advice claire you would give our colleagues out there listening about how to make time or think about you know taking time to make sure that they're having their best career so that they can give the best care to their patients I guess nursing is one of those jobs isn't it it is a it is a vocation it's something that people go into and I know you guys said you kind of jumped into it by accident but I think since then you'll probably agree that the reason you've stayed in nursing is because you believe in those values and you kind of want to you want to help people essentially Um, and I think do that be inspired look around keep your sort of options open jump into training that you're not sure about jump into um, areas and and places that you're not aware of and and sort of really become a part of it and I think you you find your own path with these things don't you I could quite happily still be um, the head of care in my service back in 2007 and if a certain ops director hadn't shoved me out of there and said, no, actually, you're not staying there. You need to go and do something else. You're ready. Um, I probably still would be, to be quite honest, because that's my personality. And I was, I knew my job very well. And I, yep. I was definitely uh, happy where I was. So, yeah, take those opportunities, I guess. No, no, I yeah. And I think building on what Claire just said, that if you're waiting for a, a time and space where you feel ready, you'll never be ready for anything. Ever, no. ever. No, the perfect time doesn't exist. Absolutely. The perfect shift doesn't exist. The perfect nurse. Yeah. Well, it's that exist. resilience, isn't it? As well, it's like you say, the perfect shift doesn't exist. It's coming yeah. home, dusting yourself off, and getting mm. up next morning to go to handover. It's yeah. difficult, and sort of seeking out that peer-to-peer support and supervision as well is really important. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and I think that's what I would say. To that the advice I would give is, you don't need to be an expert of it. Because our united body of nursing will have many experts running into their hundreds, if not thousands. Mm-hmm. Nursing's not a profession where you're ever alone. You're never alone on shift. Mm-hmm. You know, if you work in community settings, there's always an element of, of intra and interprofessional working that's inbuilt in. We've got expansive bodies of knowledge. We've got professional bodies, trade unions. You're literally never alone. So actually, all it takes really is the first brave step to say, you know what? I'm going to ask someone who knows more about this thing than I do. And then what I'm going to do is commit myself for the rest of my career that eventually there will be that one thing where people say, I'll go and ask Dean because he knows and he's committed himself. I actually say that quite a lot. Are you recording this as well, aren't you? So this is another bit that needs deleting. But um, yeah, we absolutely do say that about each other, don't we? Yeah, I think the strength of nursing is, is always in the support that we have. And I think it goes back to you know what brought what brought us into healthcare, or definitely what brought us into nursing, is many ways the people that you work with. And and I said again in the green room um, before coming out that when I thought about doing this podcast, 
And I'd not thought about this. I mean, we've known each other now for just over 13 years. We know each other inside work, outside work. You know, we trust each other um, to a high degree. I'm almost certain I don't think I become a nurse if I don't meet you two. And I explained why that would be. Um, And I think we've all got that story. I think we've all got those nurses and colleagues that have a huge impact on your life and your career without ever really meaning to. And I guess, you know, I'll never thank you for that. Um, But I think acknowledging it is is important. Tom's nodding. That's always a good sign. (laughs) That's a good sign. Claire, any closing thoughts before we end the podcast? No, just good luck. Take the opportunities. Um, Like you say, ask for help along the way um, and be inspired. They're the the bits I would put forward. Tom? Yeah, I'd say just don't sit back and wait for people to ask you for opportunities if, if that's what you want to do. Equally, if you want to be the nurse on one ward and stay there for the rest of your career then, then that's fine as well but if you want to get out there and do things don't wait to be asked good put yourself forward take the plunge thanks for listening we'd love it if you could follow and share this podcast even leave us a review if you like join our talent pool for more story advice and job alerts bye <laughs>